0: Welcome back to the Manga Revolution podcast, your home for the best in-depth commentary on the latest happenings in the manga and anime worlds. I'm your host, Kevin, and with me today is Rock. How are you, Rock?
1: Oh, awesome, as always, Kevin. Glad to be
0: here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. I'm excited for this episode. This is our 50th episode of the Manga Revolution podcast, if you could believe it. We're almost to a year mark in terms of episodes.
1: I know. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, so for... Our 50th episode, because this is more like kind of a celebration episode, we're going back old school a little bit, uh, and we're going to be talking about the original Trigon manga by Yashiro Naitau. Since especially because Trigon just got came out with a new um, anime that's c- called Trigon Stampede by Studio Orange. We figured, why not? You know what? We got the new anime. This Is a good chance to go talk about the manga as well, and maybe even talk about the anime from 1998 as because we're all about nostalgia here. So, amen.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but uh, before we get into all the Trigon talk today, uh, I want to go over some quick housekeeping. Um, as always, you can follow the Manga Revolution podcast on any podcast service from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all those services. If you want to even uh, look up our past episodes, you could go on those services or on to the ConcreteRevolution.com website where we have our library of Manga Revolution podcast episodes. You could also check out the com for all the features and reviews that Rock and I do. Recently, Rock and I have been going over some sales numbers and just kind of results of the both the manga and Concrete Worlds, including Marvel and DC's attempt into the webtoons um, sphere that and what kind of those results have been so you want to go check it out i um and you can also check out rock sales numbers he's been doing a lot of breakdowns of individual sales rankings we don't have sales numbers but we got the rankings and kind of what that tells us for where the publishers stand right now including the um, like manga publishers so you could check all that stuff out at conqueredrevolution.com and you could also follow us on twitter at CB Revolution, and you can follow the manga revolution podcast at the manga podcast and you can follow me on Twitter and TikTok at the Kevin Linus and on Instagram at Kevin L Rock. Where can we follow you?
1: You can check me out on Twitter and on Instagram at Rock with Two K's Revolution.
0: Awesome. So Rock, um, before we get into talking about the series itself, um, I wanted to go over kind of what your history, or what our, each of our histories is with the Dragon franchise, because I think both both you and I may may have a little bit different on it, but since especially as it's one of those shows that came out in the old school tsunami days. Yeah, um, and <laughs> so what was your introduction were you introduced to Trigun in the manga or anime form
1: I was introduced to it in anime form and it was in fact uh, when Adult Swim yeah, on uh Cartoon Network was running the Trigun anime in the late 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 night yeah. spot and gosh when was that Kevin early 2000s right yeah
0: early 2000s yeah it was, like 2000s, that? Yeah.
1: That yeah, was a couple was years story.
0: after it came out in Japan yeah that was right. when We didn't know better and thought thought all the animes were coming out at the same time that now we always got them like several years later.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So get it.
0: it's not like now where we get it, like literally the hours after it comes out in Japan.
1: No, not at all. That's when I so that was my first exposure to it. I absolutely loved it. I thought the anime was just it was something totally different than what I had watched before. It was a very unique style of anime. The story was intriguing. Uh, the characters were interesting, and so I just became fascinated by it. Watched the anime, and when I was done with the anime, I went and uh, I believe Dark Horse was doing the manga back then. Yeah, they still are actually, but um, yes, yeah, so
0: yeah, they have the license for it.
1: Okay, yeah, so they had it back then too, and and so I ended up getting the manga, uh, reading it, and was really interested to see. I didn't realize, obviously, since you know you're, you're talking early two thousands, we don't. We don't have the type of uh, constant news, stream of news from Japan like we do now, where things are very contemporaneous uh, uh, to when they come out in Japan, and we know things beforehand. But I didn't realize, Kevin, that so much of the anime was not in the manga, which is Mm -hmm. unusual because normally that doesn't happen to this degree at all. Uh, You may get filler episodes like in Dragon Ball Z, but not, I mean, this was like, massive part of the anime was not from the manga and so that was a surprise but it was yeah. neat to see the difference you know yeah
0: yeah and we'll it. talk about it here in a second that but that is one of the surprising things about that yep. the original anime because that's how i experienced it and it's one of those things that did come out in 2003 i just checked here in the united okay. states and Damn. like it, it kind of aired throughout 2003 2004 type sorry. thing where it was like even on reruns because there's only what 23 20 uh, episodes yep. um or 26 episodes sorry um of the original show but it was one of those things where i remember like Trigon was always on rotation like even yeah. after it finished airing you could catch old episodes that you especially if you missed on on loop um from i think like 2003 to the 2005 mm-hmm. um and yeah I, for me I, I i've only ever really watched anime before we read i read the manga for this podcast actually because it's one of those things that came out in 2003 it was around the time i was in late high school, getting into college type thing of, and so didn't have that much money to, to spend. So I never really got into the manga um, at that point. Cause I was kind of coming off a time period of my life where I wasn't really reading manga or comic books too much. Um, and so I never really read the manga um, and until now. And so it was very interesting, especially for this reading experience. Um, and thinking back to my memories of Trigon and, Kind of reading the history of it as well, because there's uh the history is very interesting since the original manga re- actually ended in uh what ten less than ten years or less than fifteen years ago yeah um and so yeah, so it's just a lot of interesting information about it, and then kind of like you said it's an interesting thing to learn that because the man uh the manga by yashiro nighttel and 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 going into his history about it that it, the first 20 chapters r- released in in the monthly Shonen Captain uh, magazine in uh, from 95 to 97, but then that because it ceased publication in January ni- of 1997, the series ended up having to go on hiatus, and then it did come back as Trigun Maximum in October 1997, after Your King Hours magazine kind of approached Nighttau to say, hey, we want you guys, we want you to create a new series, and we know how successful Trigon is, do you want to do something new but he was very unhappy with um that he never got to finish trigon so he pitched a new uh like hey let me do Trigon again let me finish my work there and since like uh, October 1997 to March t- 2007 so really like 15 years ago yeah, is when it finished and it wrapped up with 97 chapters and I think to- total trigon has over like about 120 some chapters if you count the bonus chapters that he does as right. well that does kind of some takes adapts uh stories from the anime even into the manga world as well so and um so if you pick up the manga there's some bonus chapters in there that you're like oh okay cool this is where that and kind of anime adapted more stuff so but that also because he didn't finish the series until 2007 and the original anime uh came out in 1998 there was a lot of liberties that the madhouse uh um, had to take um because They only had content for the first 20 chapters and then they were kind of almost running simultaneously when it originally aired as Trigon Maximum. So really, they only had of the original anime, it's only we don't actually get uh, adaptions for the manga until episode five, like the first episode kind of loosely adapts chapter one, but it's only like loosely adapted and it's only the first couple minutes. Yeah, yeah, and then it, it's an almost anime original. And it's really not until episode five where we get actual manga content, where the full chapter one, chapter one of the original Dragon um, anime um, starts adapting content. And then it's not, and then after that, episode six is still anime original. And then it's not until episode seven through ten, and then we get episode twelve, and then episode fourteen to seventeen that adapt the, that adapt basically the entire original twenty chapter run, um, yeah. and. And then after that, it, episode seventeen through twenty adapt up to Trigon chapter Trigon Maximum chapter twelve. And then after all that, the, the remaining six episodes are just anime original, where they kind of just take the character outlines, uh, um, and story outlines that Night Tau has, and um, just kind of goes off their own end. And even like the big episode seventeen, which is uh, the one where everything changes, they had to go on their own direction because they didn't have they had they had to do an anime original ending anyway so right uh rock what what do you think of that like especially because we've grown up kind of especially now where like filler episode filler episodes has such a negative connotation in the anime world when adapting manga source material and we always blame that for like dragon ball or like bleach um (laughs) like feeling like they're spinning their wheels a lot um But what do you think of Trigon? And like now you're thinking back of your experience watching it. And did that kind of ruin your experience like from the anime or when you read that in the manga that a lot of it is not the source material?
1: Yeah, I was I was okay with it. Actually, I kind of it's kind of like more current scenario of where with Game of Thrones, HBO caught up to uh, Martin's source material and was like, well, well, guys, we got to go beyond it and just wrap this up on our own. When I went back and read the manga and realized, oh, okay, so the first few episodes of the anime really are not in the manga, and from about episode 17 on, uh, after 17 is not, you know, from 17 on is not in the manga as well. Yeah, well,
0: well, yeah, from well, 17 through 20 is the first 12 chapters of Trigon Maximum.
1: Right. Uh, And so I was like, you know what? at that point i kind of viewed it the same way that I, I viewed martin's books and hbo's game of thrones as just two different things that are born from the same original concept yes but that they're two different things and i'm not going to try to compare the two uh you know you can have a preference obviously but i'm not going to i'm not going to have the fact that uh, they are I- i'm going to let them be two separate things so they don't my view of them isn't is it diminished? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause do you think that um having grown up, because you and I kind of have grown up with comic books and alternate universes and stuff like yep. that? And I feel like, especially talking to my other friends that are anime watchers and also manga readers, I feel like from my experience having read comic books and alternate universes and else worlds and all that stuff kind of helped me like separate out if like, oh, filler content, don't yep. watch it if you don't want to. Right. But if you want to, yeah, you can, and um, and I feel like kind of that's helped me in my whenever I do read manga and like watch the animes. If there is ever filler episodes, um, or filler content, and even like this try with Trigon, like where the Trigon anime and the Trigon mangas, they're kind of in their own war or universes. Yeah. It feels it feels like, and I think my comic book background has helped me like separate the two into their own kind of almost original sources.
1: Yeah, the manga, and the original anime, they just they just diverge and become their own thing. And I agree with you. I think growing up being a comic book fan rather than growing up being a manga fan, I understand. I have my friends who are anime fans, manga fans, and they really don't like when the anime deviates from the manga. They do not like that. It is like, yeah. nope, I reject this. I'm not happy. But when you grew up as a comic fan to your point I mean I grew up with DC's you know DC had the multiverse then they had Elseworlds you know the 616 universe was always part of a larger omniverse you had what if you always had all these yeah. different alternate versions existing at the same time and I was totally fine with that I think when you grow up in that that with that mindset you're fine with having divergent stories divergent versions of the same source material it doesn't matter Yeah,
0: you. yeah and I think it also helps to have uh Back then, which is crazy to think now, with how like it, it is important bo- when you walk into a Barnes and Nobles, but we didn't really have that much access to manga back then, and so no. a lot of like a lot of the, our first experiences with a lot of franchises is through the animes, and absolutely, and then like going back and saying, "Oh, I need to actually catch up," or let me read it and see what how it compares and stuff like that. So I think that also helps maybe that if watching the original Dragon anime first and then going back to read the source material and kind of comparing and contrasting things because. Um, because the manga is very different in tone and just how much, and we could get into it already of like, it the Trigon manga really feels like it's something where we spend a lot more time with the characters and each of the even the villains at and which was like the surprising thing because I remember watching the anime and I did go back and watch the anime after I finished the first twenty chapters. Huh? I'm like the 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 anime really runs through a lot of the source content really quickly, and we don't really ever sit like I, I love that original anime, and it's one of my favorite animes of all time. But I, what I really appreciate what, what Night Owl did was that he spent a lot of time with the villains as well, and getting you inside their heads, and even and the same thing with Vash, where you, he Vash is very still comedic, but I feel like we just spend a lot more time with the individual character individual characters here, and it. And what really stood out to me here is that while the anime kind of feels like it's through Millie and um, Meryl's perspective, the Dragon manga feels like it's through Vash's perspective almost, yes. and we're oh, kind of yeah. experiencing yeah. it through him. Yeah. Where like I went to go watch the anime again, I was like, oh, a lot of the story is through Meryl and Millie's perspective of how they view all everything that Vash is doing. Yep, um, and. It, we'll get into Dragon Stampede of how that does it. Um, but it, it was one of the things that I was like, oh, Marilyn and Millie aren't that like as main characters as they are in the anime. And that kind of threw me off. And I kind of almost changed my perspective of how I viewed the anime compared to the
1: manga. Totally agree. I had the exact same reaction. And I kind of expected when I started reading the manga that the character work was going to be better. I, I'm just inherently biased to the written form over the visual form. I just am and I usually find that they do better character work because you're able to get inside the character's heads. You can't really do that with the visual medium unless you're going to have a, a character monologuing the entire movie or show, which would be horrible. Uh, so uh, you're right. You uh, you get a much, much better sense, not just of Vash, but like you said, of the villains as well, which I think mm. helps flesh them out and make them more compelling in the manga. And really, Meryl and Millie being like, they're really a big deal in the anime that that really is. They are really your eyes and ears to this world. They're your guide to this world. You see everything through them. And that is not the case in the manga. And I like that the perspective shifts more from Vash's perspective. It just it makes well, you view the story and the characters just entirely different. It's really interesting. Yeah. And
0: I think one of the things that, um, is really different is because of this change in perspective is where like the anime from 98 treats Vash more like a legend. And he is kind of more Superman-esque in terms of that, where he is this legendary figure in the world. Whereas with the manga, he's not. He's more of a person, I feel like, in the manga, where you're, because we're spending so much time with him and we're getting almost the entire story through his perspective, through his eyes and ears of everything going on. And um, and so he's like more, I don't want to say more of a character, but he's more just like fleshed out in terms of like, how much? How much time we feel like we're sitting with him compared to like I feel like the anime where we have so much of Millie and right. uh, Meryl's perspective, which is great. And I think it, it, I think it's a cool thing that we have two different universes where yes. we get the same kind of almost the same story, but from different eyes and ears. And it kind of almost leads into why you know, the Trigon anime. And this is not an uh, excuse for them or anything, but kind of why it differs because there's a lot of things in the manga that Meryl and Millie just do not see or anything. So it's almost like the anime is telling a story of like from a book of that Meryl eventually wrote it in the end, which we don't know that at all. But I it almost reframes my perspective of how like we treat it, because there's a lot of events that Meryl and Millie and the manga just do not experience whatsoever with Vash.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. I, what's I guess I would explain American comic terms vash in the anime kevin reminds me more of batman it's a he's a legend Mm -hmm. he's a force of nature he's he's mythical almost right he's folklore and the vash in the manga is more like uh, peter parker yeah spider-man he's a he's a real guy he's a real character he's flesh and blood with all the foibles that come along with that and i think that's really the big difference to me at least between mm-hmm. the two, that's how i would describe it to somebody who hasn't maybe read it or or, or watched the anime um yeah. that's the best way to describe it
0: yeah and, and well and, and also because we sit with vash so much in these first corny chapters that he doesn't come off to as much comedic he comes off as more no. sad in yes. terms of a lot of stuff where oh, you're yeah. like oh man like even though like the manga does um a, and there's much more violence in it there's much more yes. I, I would say sexualization as well oh, yeah. and then even like the comedy comedy's still there yeah but i think because we are getting it through vash's perspective we are able to get these darker moments because he's yes. the one that's experiencing everything and going through right. all all this stuff so because we're getting that perspective we're able to dig into those darker moments that like and millie just weren't a part of or like they weren't experiencing and like kind of sitting with The whole thing where Vash doesn't want to kill as well because that was something in the anime as well that he didn't want to kill people Um, but here we sit with that and sit with Vash much more and how he contemplates like even using the gun where he hesitates more throughout the first 20 chapters and just how he is a guy that's been traumatized and like he is kind of someone that is dealing with a lot of trauma and you really get a better sense in the manga compared to the anime world because we don't always just spend our entire time with him yeah. um and i do appreciate that now I tell does allow vash to like kind of talk more about the trauma and then why he and his connections with like side characters not just millie and and uh meryl um but other side characters as well and then just how he affects the world and like you said he's a, for, a force of nature, like he comes yes. in, and like while he doesn't want to be a force of nature at all, right. he just because especially because it it is so focused on the gung ho guns and all his confrontations with them, like he just can't avoid it because it just follows him. Unfortunately, yeah. that's his luck.
1: He's cursed yeah. essentially, Kevin. He's yeah. cursed, and you're right. He is he is much more of a tragic figure in the manga. He really is. He, he's darker. He is, he's sad. He's haunted. It, it's, it completely changed my perspective on Vash's character. to be honest with you, after I read the manga, really did. Yeah. I think his character had more gravitas to it as well. And Elissa, <sighs> more sympathy. It's just, it's just a sadder tale. And y- yeah, you're right. The violence is more, is more violent in the manga. It's, it's bloodier, mm-hmm. but that's not unusual. You, you often, you'll see where the, the, the manga's violence will get toned down for the anime because they want to run it, you know, maybe for kids or something. That's so that's not unusual. Yeah. But the difference in the character, that's a big big difference. He he Vash really is way more I don't want to say lighthearted, that's not but way more comedic. No. Um uh in that in the anime than he is in the manga. I think I like the Vash uh character more in the manga. It's a little bit more compelling to me, mm-hmm. you know. Um maybe maybe when i was younger the the anime version might appeal to me more but i I think as you get a few years on you i think the Vash from the the manga becomes more of a compelling character to read about
0: i think you're compelled more by his backstory in the manga especially because like um what i do appreciate especially in both the anime and manga i think both of what they do really well is they don't give away the main plot um and we spend a long time kind of not knowing what really is going on in this world and what the main antagonist with knives is right. until later on. And what I appreciate what night does. And even Madhouse as that um, production company did as well is that they had restraints in terms of not revealing everything, like everything about Vash's backstory, even in the manga, we don't, we get hints about it throughout right. the first 20 chapters. And then once we night really gets into it, he really gets into it. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate that he doesn't give everything away he's like let me throw in rem here like let's throw flashbacks to her let's throw like lines of vash kind of hinting at his darker past but not going into it and he doesn't because he doesn't want to go into everything that's happened in his life but he does give hints throughout the first 20 chapters and then when we get the flashbacks of Rem, and then when we get the last couple chapters of the and these this first 20 chapter run like we really get into it and even then we don't get fully into it like when nice appears at uh, at the end of chapter twenty where he gets his physical first physical appearance and everything that goes on with him. It's just a tease of what's gonna I think would come with Trigon Maxima. I haven't read Trigon Maxima, which I yeah. I order I I have that on order from Amazon and actually uh-huh, I'm just waiting for those for those uh volumes to come to me. But <laughs> um but yeah it's just one of those things where I like how he just sows the seeds throughout the first 20 chapters of what Vash's history is.
1: Yeah, I think I I like how they do it in the manga. And I think the anime kind of embraces that same style of approach where, I mean, we don't see Knives outside of a flashback until the final episode yeah. of the Trigun anime. So you got to wait for it <laughs> before yeah. you actually see Knives in a non-flashback scene. So I kind of like how I like how the anime... I guess, uh, you know, they even though they added extra episodes, at least they held off introducing knives until the end. Kind of like with the the the, the first 20 chapters of the manga held off to the yeah. last chapter.
0: Yeah. And I think it feeds into the whole thing of like that. Knives is a legend um, yes. in this and he's even more legendary and kind of feeds yes. into the whole thing. Like my thing, thing of the uh, the anime being from Merrill and Millie's perspective where they don't hear about knives and oh. in detail until the very end. Yep. So obviously they would come up with their own compared to here in the manga. Uh-huh. It is through Vash's perspective. So he yes. is experiencing like when like knives is reborn in chapter 20. And I'm just like, yep. did this happen in the anime? I don't remember I, him I appearing don't... whatsoever.
1: Thank you. Yes. And I was just
0: like, and like, we get hints of him, but I don't remember like the rebirth. I was like, this, no. is this is a crazy thing. And even kind of the way the gung ho guns, even leading up to that. The, mm-hmm. the storytelling around the Gung Ho Guns and even how their group is kind of very different from the anime of like how they assemble and all that stuff. Um, yeah, and just the, and all the events with the angel, angel arm that for Vash and all that stuff. It like your, their perspective is completely re- reframed because Vash is the character that we're, we are following along with in this.
1: Yeah, I I I like how knives is very much kind of in the anime he's kind of like the boogeyman isn't he yeah you, you don't really cuz cuz again cuz you're right we're we're hearing it you know we're we're consuming this story um from million Merrill's viewpoint mostly in the anime and he is he's the boogeyman he is just this kind of like we don't really know what knives is other than this is just a nightmare that's what we do know about him right yeah yeah he's,
0: and the, he's the he's the leader of the gung ho guns that right, they, they right. bring up every once in a while
1: Right, exactly, but he's very much the boogeyman. Whereas in the manga, he, it's it's diff- it's totally different. Uh, we know more about knives, and he's less of a boogeyman and more, um, more of, I guess, a, a concrete character. You know what I mean?
0: He's more like kind of almost like a uh, 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 Michael Myers kind of yeah. uh, like, like type thing because he has a physical presence. So like, and he yes. has a physical presence at the end where. He is extremely scary and yeah. what he represents to Vash as well
1: exactly. And I'm not too sure which I like more. I think i I think in this situation though, even though I've been favoring the mango for most of the story points up to now, I think I actually kind of liked knives in the anime. I liked him being super mysterious because mm-hmm. when the villain when the big bad is really mysterious, Kevin. I build him up more in my imagination and he becomes something that's a little bit more scary and imposing and you know what I mean? Because my brain takes over what this could be. So I think I might like that push a little bit more though. I like it in the manga too. I mean, look, I like both the manga and the anime. So
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think one one thing that the manga does uh, maybe even better than the anime is the other villains outside of knives Um, where like, because we're spending so much time with like the, uh the nebraska family like when we get the Mm -hmm. nebraska family we spend so much more it feels like we're spending much more time with them we're spending much more time with each of the gung-ho guns yeah and while wolfwood is one of my favorite characters i kind of like that he is like a minor character in this first 20 chapters and really Uh doesn't appear until chapter 18 towards the very end and we he's only really in two chapters for um for it in total um and i like that he is even more he does come across more punisher-esque in in the manga than yes in the in the anime um because he's all about getting the job done he's not like while he does has his moments with vash he it's not to how it is where they're kind of best friends in the anime that's not right. kind of what they're here and i'm glad that they do that because we are spending so much more time with vash and his fights with each of the gung-ho guns where he at first it starts off with him one-on-one everybody and then having to fight the massive group yeah. um, and especially the character that doesn't change how interesting he is he, and he just becomes more interesting as legato like oh he's way he is, better he, than Mango. he's so so good and yeah. I'm looking forward to reading Trigon Maximal to see how what changes it is um with the, that character because yeah, even V-Man. in the anime he was one of the standout characters in the anime exactly. I remember him and like when he appears here everything that i remember like how scary that character was Yep. yep. the manga just like just does such a really good job presenting him as like he feels like an end boss but then when knives appears you know that he's the end boss but yeah. L- L- legato <laughs> he, he still feels like this guy that absolutely he is the one that you gotta vash has to be most concerned about
1: I totally agree he's his character Just, I liked him in the anime, just like you, but Legato really just blossoms in the manga. He is fantastic. I really like the representation that we get in the manga. He is just, I mean, if he had been the end boss, Kevin, I'd have been happy. He was, he's that good of a character. Um, So, And and that's kind
0: of how he's presented too. Like he's presented as like, he's the end all be all when like, like that first chapter where you're like completely creeped out of what he's going to do to the little kid. It's like, (laughs) holy crap.
1: Uh, yeah, agreed. Which makes which makes knives, you know, it puts knives over as just being just insanely scary. If this guy Legato, who we thought was the big bad, was not the big bad, uh, this for uh, normally, Kevin, I think in a lot of manga and anime, you can tell when someone's not the final boss. But with Legato, I think he's done so well. He he's legit. He's a, he's legit a final boss style character. He's that good, that compelling. I think.
0: Yeah, and even everything from like down to his design, even yes. like you're like th- this is just the ultimate badass that uh, you don't know how Vash is going to beat as soon as you see him. Um, mm-hmm. and and kind of going into design and everything. One thing that I, I appreciate with N- Night Owl is that like the artwork when I first read it, it feels or see it is very sketchy yes. and it does feel very rough. But at the same time, as the manga goes forward. He doesn't really change his style very much in terms of how sketchy it is. Nope. Um but I appreciate that he uses his own art style to create like the, the sense of movement cuz it's very minimalist when it comes to the background which it's kind of feed into the whole post apocalyptic setting and That's everything right. desert it yes. gives him an excuse not having to draw backgrounds at all when it he does. It <laughs> and does. So, but it also gives him a chance to focus much more on the creating a sense of movement for all the characters because Vash is very agility heavy character. And like the action is very fast Um, and like even he uses his ske- kind of sketchy art style because that's what I would I kind of consider it as Um, and to his advantage to create a, a really good sense of movement throughout all the action.
1: No, I agree. His art is great. I love I think his style of art is the perfect match for the story. I I'm glad, honestly, that he kept that sometimes you know as as we talk about sometimes manga will modify and evolve their art you know as it progresses and he yeah. he really keeps his the same and i think it works this is you and i talked about it for the podcast kevin but i think the right word is it's a dirty manga but i like it because this world is dirty the world he's in this post apocalyptic you know western us western uh desert world is dirty it's grimy it's dusty it's worn down uh, half of the places are empty or abandoned it works perfectly with the setting of the world <laughs> honestly it it reminds me a ton of you know i don't know if people probably haven't watched these movies because they're old but back in the in the 60s you had a um, the italian director sergio leone who made all these spaghetti westerns and it reminds me of those settings because they're all very they were always very simple and all the homes the the towns looked empty and the, the 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 expansive uh views of the terrain were always just very blank uh white sandy desolate dead you know Views and it reminds me a lot of that the the world that he constructs and it matches his art. His art's just perfect for it, and it and with just simple strokes, he can he really evoke uh, a powerful image. I think it, it worked for me.
0: Yeah, and no, it works for me too. And, and again, it kind of does remind me of like, oh yeah, his art is what I think of '90s <laughs> artwork, yes. kind Boom. of almost kind of like oh. Rob Liefeld yeah. and all those like artists from the '90s and Jim Lee. Yeah, he, he kind of fits into that realm of like. When I think 90s, this is what I yep. think 90s manga or 90s anime would look like, too.
1: No, I totally agree. Totally agree. It has the 90s vibe, which, you know, nostalgia is a powerful drug, Kevin. So it makes right. me happy when I look at it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, And again, it, 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 it's really interesting. I'm very excited to read Trigon Maxon because I know that Trigon Maxone, because it came out from 97 through 2007. I'm very yep. interested to see how those 97 or 100 chapters or so. Yep. Like flesh out the world even more than the anime did because the anime did kind of the last ten, ten or so episodes had to kind of create its own story. So I'm excited to see how the characters are different and like, do we spend more time with all the villains than we do in the anime? Because in the anime, it does kind of speed speed run all the villains to, really? uh, and all, well, all of them have cool designs. We do speed run through a lot of them. We never really get too much time with. Um, Outside of like, I, I, from what I remembered, Legato and um, and then uh, the brilliant brilliant dynamite neon. Yeah. Um, and, and then Knives is even like, we only really get him in like that flashback episode of him right. as a little kid and then the right. final episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be very interested to see it, how, like spending more time with Knives and spending more time with the gung-ho guns and all that stuff really does change the story.
1: No, I, I I read Trigon Maximum. It's been a while since I've read. Obviously, it's been yeah. a few years, Kevin. But it it yeah, I think my biggest complaint with the anime would be as it as it leaves the source material, and it starts to tread its own ground to try to conclude the story. I think the story gets a little complicated or hard to follow at points. At least it did for me, Kevin. Maybe I got a smaller brain than you, Bud.
0: <laughs> no, no, and even like watching the anime recently you could kind of see that they had to kind of speed uh, speed run the ending and like just yeah. oh w- yeah we got to deal with knives. let's get that it, last episode and then kind of wrap everything up so right um and which it's a get, coming at
1: you in a yeah. short amount
0: of time yeah and which gets <laughs> kind of gets us into what our impressions are of trigon uh, stampede because we just got a uh, uh, the first two episodes um of trigon stampede that's the Studio Orange is the one adapting this. It's uh, more CGI animation compared to like kind of hand-drawn, like the traditional style animation that were from the 98 series. What did you think of Studio Orange's kind of new direction for the series? And just let's talk about actually the art style. What do you think of okay. the art style compared to um, the original anime and even the manga?
1: Okay. It's um, I feel that. Okay. well, the original anime I think was much more true to the art in the manga. Mm. No doubt in my mind. The art in Trigon Stampede is there are moments where uh I guess when like when you see the city um the the, the font for the city's name is is very much done in the same font as the original manga and uh the general you know the general design of the characters are the same and the general design of the world is the same but the the art in trigun stampede does not look like the manga it, yeah. it is not dirty it is not as um it is not as uh, simples, or desolate, f- defolate, simple or desolate maybe desolate right not as desolate it's not as empty it's not as minimalist as the manga at all Uh, the art for a stampede the animation for that it is much more detailed and the world is very grand and it's very filled out the cities are large crammed full of details and buildings everything is highly developed it looks a lot more fleshed out it does not look like a desolate empty world full of little ghost towns it looks like a very developed vibrant well not vibrant but a very developed desert planet with these yeah. big cities that have been built out so it's a it's the setting for me kevin is completely different
0: yeah, yeah. and i'm honestly glad that uh you and i waited un- until the second episode because i think it, the second episode is really where the animation kind of almost comes into its own a little bit where <laughs> and even like Not not saying that I didn't accept it in the first episode, but I think the first episode, there is things that it established, the art style does establish with the setting and everything. But I think it's really that second episode that you're like, okay, I get why they kind of went with the style. I get why, like, even Studio Orange. And this is really, I think, the first anime that I've watched from Studio Orange. Um, I can't remember another one. Um, But I understand why they wanted to go in a new direction because we did have the 98 series that is kind of very much like it. And if they try to date that same style, Mm -hmm. there would be even more comparisons to the original anime. I think especially if you were an anime only guy person, whereas if they go with their own style, because Vash's Vash's character design specifically is very different. He looks much younger in this one than than he does in the the original Mm -hmm. Meryl is pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, but, but then they do adjust other characters where they're not like the one well, maybe one mini complaint I have is like uh the uh Nebraska family, like the 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 son, oh. he's not as big as and imposing as he was in the original. You're right. He's um, not and he's much more slimmed down, he's almost like the modern day version of Bane, I would say, <laughs> like where like when he's in the movies where modern day version of Bane, he's more just a really bulky dude, not not like an insanely huge wrestler. Um, right. Like yeah, he's yeah. in the Concurs, right. And I think that that kind of what they did with uh, the ne- Nebraska Sun. Um, and but in general, I think it was a good thing that you and I waited for that second episode, because for me, at least, and I don't know how it was for you, but that second episode is what I needed to really kind of wrap my r- mind around the art style and just the art direction that they were going for in this this show.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I, I I'm right there with you, Kevin. I, the second episode is what cinched this style of animation for me uh, i i am the only thing i've seen from studio orange kevin was godzilla singular point mm. and so uh, the animation is very r- reminds me a lot of godzilla singular point mm. uh, And so i i was like okay i i understand what we're trying to do here um uh, when we see some of the um some of the characters like the nebraska family some of the larger uh technology uh like the ships or the the or some of the physical plants of the cities it reminds me a lot of the cg graphic they used in godzilla single point for like jet jaguar and things like that yeah. you know so i was like okay interesting this is i see what they're doing here but it's the second episode where when because the first episode, we're in the desert Yeah, a lot. And I was like, yeah, not really feeling this at the moment. Once we transition more to the city and I could see, oh, hold on. So this isn't going to be this empty plant, desert planet full of ghost towns. This is actually going to be like these really big built up industrial cities. Yeah. Oh, OK. Got it. So we're dealing with a different setting altogether. And once we were in the city and we had the big, you know, the big chase uh, where mm-hmm. the townspeople are chasing Vash through the city and the yeah. rascal family shows up and we have a fight, I was like, okay, right. I, and, and we see the plant, right? The plant that powers the city. I, I was like, okay, I kind of see where now this CG style of art is, it's a different setting altogether. And this really is playing to the setting more than what the original style of art would have done. And that's when I really started to accept the CG style of art a lot yeah. more than I did in the first episode.
0: And I do have to give Studio Orange really a really lot of credit because I think this is the best CG a- anim- animated anime that I've watched, really, because yes. I think they and you could kind of tell that they've been perf- kind of perfecting the style of animation for a long time, because even in the first episode, I think the thing that stood out to me is how much expression like was yes. in each characters. And I think they'd really I think that's the one thing that from episode one that they really nail um, is the expressions of characters. I think the comedy isn't as heavy as the original anime, but when we do get comedic moments, I think the character reactions are really well done. It doesn't feel wooden because that's always my complaint with like the CG animation yes. is that feels very wooden, feels very much like we're still stuck in like when it comes to the TV series, we're yep. still stuck in the 90s style of like CG because you have to stretch it out across like 13 or 20 episodes or however many episodes you have for the season um, for the budget. So you're kind of constrained on it. But here, like Studio Orange, you could tell that they've been perfecting the CG art style and it doesn't come off wood. And that second episode, I think, really does showcase that they know how to do frame action as well. Like they know how to do fast paced action. But I think really what stands out for them is the character expressions.
1: I totally agree with you. That's my biggest complaint with any kind of CG animation. It's it's the stiffness. It's like almost like watching marionettes on the. You know what I mean, Kevin? I I, I really don't like it. All the characters look dead to me. Um, it, it like just dolls. It's it's horrible. Studio Orange, they upped the game, Kevin. This is for me the best CG animation I've seen on characters, no doubt about it. This is the best. I think the expressions are great. Uh, the, the action scenes are really good. We didn't get a lot of action in the first episode, Kevin. So we, we uh, one reason why, maybe why we weren't totally warmed up to it just yet, we get a lot more of the running, the fluid action as Vash is running through the city. And I was like, oh, this looks good. This looks really good, like that, Kevin. I thought the whole chase scene through the city looked really nice.
0: Yeah, and you don't feel like they're constrained by their budget. I think sometimes no, that—that's what—that's what, that's what it, like a lot of CG animated shows kind of sometimes feel like they feel constrained by their budget compared to like a mo- what a CGI movie, um, like mm-hmm. where like if we got something from Pixar, we know that's going to be high quality throughout. <laughs> yep. And then, but when it comes to like an, an-, an- animated show, it does it, like the CGI especially just doesn't work out just because like. It is wooden and stiff sometimes at, at points, especially when it comes to character expressions. It doesn't really work as well as traditional, like hand drawn style animation.
1: No, what and what's interesting that this CG style of animation, Kevin, I think the fun result and this is what makes Trigon Stampede different. I'm not going to say better because there's a lot I liked about the original anime, but what makes it different and enjoyable is this cg animation really kevin the 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 world the setting is so much bigger kevin this world feels huge doesn't it it feels massive it feels really well developed it feels rich it feels lived in it feels textured whereas in the original anime it's it's desolate and empty and small and i like that Desolate empty and small is great feeling to evoke from a viewer in a story. It's different. That's why I, I like both approaches. They're, they're, you can't compare, they're totally different approaches. One is supposed to be a smaller, more lonely kind of approach, bleaker, and the other is obviously more rich and detailed. I like both. The CG animation really lends to Kevin. I was blown away by the setting. That I was I was not expecting a setting this rich in detail and this massive. It feels
0: huge yeah and i think the and this kind of gets into the story like we could get into that now of like when it comes to the the setting itself i think the original still feels like the people are just trying to survive and and there's very very few humans in the world because they're like the humans that are there they're they can they're just trying to survive whereas in the dragon Stampede, it feels like their humanity is in a state of recovery, and like they're right. on kind of almost an upstream deck are able to create these giant cities that I feel like even in the original manga that we at least that we read the first twenty chapters of, and in the ninety-eight anime, we didn't get that. We didn't get that like the that humanity is moving forward. Their humanity, it felt like in the original anime and uh, manga, they're just kind of they're living with what they got, and they're just yeah, trying exactly. to survive um day to day whereas here it feels like they are kind of moving forward they are able to create these giant cities and i do like that in terms of the setting that they are going some a different direction because like i said we got the original anime you want to not like move yourself far removed from it but you want to take that setting and kind of say hey what can we do in 2022 and do something different that's not just retelling and oldies like you and i where we're gonna be like uh, why? Why would they make remake it when we have the original?
1: Exactly, exactly. Because that'd be the first thing we'd say, right? You no, know, I like that they took it differently. I like that they. they you're right, Kevin. They kind of like they just set it further in the timeline of this world where yeah. humans had kind of got a better hold of everything. And what's interesting, I thought, is and it goes along with the setting, but the story itself, Kevin, is also a lot bigger and a lot more detailed. A lot more fleshed out has more depth to it more substance to it the story in the anime in the first couple episodes is very very simple it's character driven and it's very simple you don't know much about the world you don't know much about the technology you don't know anything about vash's past at all whereas with the first two episodes of of trigon stampede kevin you begin you begin with Vash and 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 knives leaving <laughs> on an escape pod. Rem puts him on an escape pod. Says, so, I mean, you know about his brother. You know about Rem. You know about his origin. You know, you know a lot more about the government that runs this planet, right? Mm-hmm. You know about the news agency. You know about you know about the technology, the plants that power all the cities. I mean, you just know so much more about not just Vash, but the entire world we're on. It, it's way more detailed, Kevin. You know, a ton more. That's right. There's no world building in the first two episodes of the original anime. There is a ton, of yeah. world building in the first two episodes and, of and, Dragon Stampede. And
0: that, that's actually what my question for you is that because even in a manga, we don't get that much world building. know. we, we no, it, It's more through just like it's very focused on character and the, and the anime does that as well. Like they're very focused more on the character than the world. No. Um, what did you think of them giving away like the big hook of the original manga and even the anime of like that Vash is um from from basically a, a space and all that stuff. and um, and what did you think of it even opening up that way where we get knives at the very beginning? We get Rem at the very beginning, and like at the end of the episode is clear knives. is the bad guy and yeah. Yeah. and all this stuff. What did you think of them giving away the main hook of the original source material?
1: I, I, I'm of two minds here. So I'm not waffling. I'm not sitting on the fence, Kevin. But let me let me kind of think my way through it. I'm of two minds. First is, hey, Trigun is old. It's been around since the 90s. And let's say I, I, I'm i looking at it from Studio Orange, Orange's standpoint. Maybe they're thinking, you know what? This has been around for 30 years everybody's seen it everybody's read it everybody knows about it so why bother hiding the ball with rem and and with knives and and all of that why bother hiding the ball we already know so let's just uh flesh out the story up front and instead of making these things secrets we'll use them to create a more detailed and more uh you know uh in-depth immersive story okay i get that approach. The counter approach, the counterpoint to that would be, okay, it's it's an old anime, Kevin, and it's an old manga. How many people, seriously, how many people under thirty have probably read it or seen it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, my boys have it. They're teenagers. Okay, so I, I don't know how many people under thirty have read it or seen it. I know with the internet, you can find out anything at, at the drop of a dime. I. I it's it's tough because i see i see both points right i see the logic behind both both positions for me i found keeping everything a secret in the anime and the in the manga the original anime and the manga far more interesting to me way more interesting because it's it's opening a puzzle box and those that's always a more interesting storytelling approach than just dumping everything on the viewer at the very beginning. I feel like, well, damn, you took all the fun hooks, all the fun surprises away. Well, what is there left to look forward to? And even if, even if you take the approach of, well, people are already going to know about it. uh, They've read it or they've read it on the internet. You know what? Viewers like surprises, even if they know they're coming. How Our little brains are wired, Kevin, and you could make enough changes where the surprises aren't identical to what we got with the original anime and manga. Right. I, I wish they had held back. I, I I, me personally, I'm not a fan of getting you just you just blew your wad in the very first two episodes, Kevin. Yeah. I hate to say that expression. Sorry, but you know what I'm saying? You, yeah. You and, and everything the one thing that kind
0: of threw me off, cause I, I actually didn't mind that they began with not like open with knives and REM. Cause right. they're so key characters at the beginning right. of the, uh, for the entire series, really like they are the two key characters for Vash's life. Yes. Um, and so I actually did like it and it surprised me at first, but then when I was just like, you know what, that's actually pretty cool that they're doing it. Cause you do want to do something different. What I didn't really like, and especially the first episode and why I'm still not, I haven't come around to the new kind of old man, uh, editor that is writing with um, Meryl and th- that replaces Millie in this and why I'm like I'm still like man you guys c- couldn't it's- Millie should have still been in this because that's my one complaint about the entire show is that I don't really like that they replace Millie's character and because I also feel like the old man editor he's there just for expedition dumps where he's like oh I've been here forever I know a lot of stuff let me tell you about the world and it feels like he's just a narrator in physical form um, and I don't really like that. Um, and I do wish that while I love that they started off with knives and REM and then you even ended with knives clearly being the bad guy and being the guy that he is the end boss and you setting that up. Um and then like you're gonna kinda almost create like I feel like there are going to start creating a legend around knives because Bash is the only one that's seen them. Yep. Um so you can't still do the legend stuff with knives. Okay. Um But I wish that we didn't have this one character that is just an exposition dump with the old man editor, um, because I think that's the one thing that kind of robs the whole discovery part of it. Because we're like, oh, we have a character that can just tell us everything about the world.
1: I would say I I, I actually like his full name is Roberto De Niro. Get it. Yeah, Yeah. I get it. I got it. (laughs) Got it. Okay. I like Robert De Niro. Uh, So, anyhow, uh, I was never a huge fan of uh, Millie's character. I thought she was kind of one note. So, I didn't mind her not being in this new anime. I like the idea, the concept of an older uh, reporter. And I think he could be used better. Um, I don't like exposition dumps. I'm with you. And and he does tell us too much upfront about the rules of the world and how everything is constructed and how everything operates little too easy and it's too much information up front Mm -hmm. not a fan of that i do think he could be very useful compared to what we got with millie and meryl who were just they were just two gag characters um with roberto there was a scene where that showed me the potential that his character could have. And it was in the first episode when Vash is battling the uh, military police officer, who's a real psychopath. And Vash, of course, wants to avoid fighting and he's being a chicken. Well, she thinks he's being a coward and she calls him a coward. And Roberto's like, you know, coward is a term that only the privileged get to use, meaning people who don't put their butts in danger get to call people cowards. Mm -hmm. And And she kind of reacts and goes, oh, and she checks herself. And you see her kind of like, oh, wow, check my privilege. And then she she kind of, you can see a little moment of her light bulb turning on and she kind of takes a step forward in her evolution. I think Roberto could be a great character to help Meryl evolve because she's very young, very naive, Mm -hmm. very idealistic. She's still a comedy character, but she's more serious than she was in, in the original anime. But she's still a comedy character, too. She has that as well. But but Roberto could be the character to allow to help Meryl grow into the amazing reporter that she feels she's destined to be. I think he's good in that. He would be great in that role and would offer more of a substantive um, uh, dynamic than Meryl and Millie did. But I'm with you. I don't like if he's just going to be the exposition dump machine that then you're you're. Let me show. Don't tell. I don't need this character to dump all the information onto me in the first two episodes. Just show me this information as we move along and let me experience it that way. It's so much more gratifying than the exposition dump. Yeah. And
0: that's kind of, that's kind of why I was just like, Oh, I do feel like, Oh, if Millie was there, they maybe would have discovered that one factor that they went into there and they could have gone into the information where, Oh, Mm -hmm. there's a sense of discovery. And I feel like, with Roberto's character, I feel like the sense of discovery kind of got robbed in that first episode and kind of just turned me against them. Just yep. because, again, I don't like exposition dumps and characters yep. that are just there for expedition, exposition dumps in the, from the beginning. Um, so there's going to be some work for me to wrap my mind around how kind of like what you're just talking about, his character, right. maybe being the mentor for um, right. Meryl. And I think that that would be a good direction to take the character. And I think it especially will help Meryl's evolution in this and kind of maybe uh, evolve her into being like the lowest lane of the of of the series because oh, yeah. that, that's kind of what she set up in the original but she like never fully gets there
1: yeah, she, and
0: then um hopefully that's kind of her direction here where she is that lowest Lane character yeah. um here. Um and I do hope that she he is more a mentor in that. Um and I hope that Studio yeah. Orange moves away from him being yes. like, oh we we just happen to run into it. Let yeah. me tell you what's going on. Let me right. tell you why, because I've been here forever and it's, I experienced this.
1: Yeah, it's too lazy and too convenient uh, method of storytelling. Uh-uh. No. I'm totally with you on that S- side note. Kevin, did you notice when we first see Millie and Roberto? Uh, or, they, or Meryl. Uh, oh, sorry. Meryl, Meryl. Yeah. My dad, Meryl. Too many M words, Kevin. <laughs> uh, so when we first see Meryl and Roberto, she has her little sheet that has her full name. Did you see how tall she is? She's four foot nine, Kevin. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Well, that's how small she was
0: in the original too. So oh, I remember goodness. her being always a tiny character, oh. and she may she makes everyone else look like they're giant. So that that's kind of her o- other role in this is that she's there yeah. to make Vash look like he's he's O'Neal.
1: Right. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but overall, like do you have a positive where you're going to continue with the the Stampede or are you going to wait until like maybe later on to watch it? So, uh,
1: I'm, I'm going to continue on. I'm definitely going to continue on. I do think this is a really nice looking anime. I do. I, I like the animation. It's it's won me over and I'm not a CG guy. I'm, I'm not. So uh, for me to say it's won me over is, is saying a lot. I really do like how it looks. I like the characters. I like this world. I like this setting. I'm very intrigued by what we've gotten in the first two episodes. I've they've shown me enough for me to come back for more. Uh, my nitpicks are very small, honestly, Kevin. You know, the, the big nit, my big nitpicks would be Roberto being the exposition dump, and it, with the Nebraska family, you know, the son uh, Gofsef not being as big as he should be. And my only other nitpick I have is it when vash uh, is out of bullets in the first episode he asked for a bullet i need a 22 caliber bullet but maybe that was a tra- maybe that was a, the american screwed up translating it for the subtitles but he the gun that he has <laughs> is a 45 long colt it don't take 22 caliber bullets, Kevin.
0: Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was also the animators where we're like, we're, we're not familiar with guns, because remember, we're they're not as big gun culture in Japan as we are here. So that's the other that's the other thing. And you read Chainsaw Man, buddy. You know how, right? <laughs> how uh the gun culture is not not as big. It, it, like we're we're Americans and we're the only ones with really that gun culture. That's um, right.
1: But those are my those are my own. I got only have three nitpicks. Otherwise, I really enjoyed it. I'm really intrigued by it. I thought it was well done Mm -hmm. from top to bottom. I'm really excited about the voice cast when when they do the dubs. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about that. So I'm all in. I'm I'm going to watch this. They would have to really just you know screw up majorly for me Mm -hmm. to hop off this anime.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm glad that I watched the first two episodes subbed, then, but I think I, I'm in, in it as well, but I think I'm going to start waiting for the dubs to come out because especially we, we don't know anybody else that's the cast, if the original cast is coming back from the OG enemy, but we do know that Johnny Young Bosh is coming yeah. back for as as Vash, which is awesome, the uh, second Black Ranger for some yeah, Power Ranger fans, but also uh, the original voice for him, and he's also the voice of Ichigo and so many other characters too. So, um. So I, I'm very excited for him to be returning as Vash because, like, he is the perfect voice actor for Vash to me. And, like, he is the one that I hear whenever I'm uh, re- reading it and wa- or even watch gold old anime. It's like it gets me back in the mood. So I'm probably going to now just wait on the dub. And I th- the dub starts, I believe, the 21st. So the first episode will be coming out in dub form like at the end of next uh, at the end of the week so it's going to be good that we're getting that original cast and hopefully they do bring as much of the original cast as possible
1: yeah i'm with you I'm, i'm gonna switch over to the dubs as well only because i'm i'm a huge fan of Bosch. he's done some great work over the years voice acting kevin just been in so many anime i've always liked his work i think he does a good job and i mean of course he's a power ranger so uh, why am I not gonna <laughs> like this guy? I mean, and he's one of the few Power Rangers, Kevin, who was more than one color, right? Which is pretty yeah. cool. So, hey, man, uh, Tommy. Yeah, exactly. They're 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 the two best for me. But anyhow, I, so yeah, I'm with you. I'm gonna switch over to the dubs when when they start rolling them out.
0: Yeah, and we don't have to wait long, so that's we're only gonna be like two episodes behind. It seems like uh, for the dub, so it's not too much of a wait bad. for us. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. And Tryggen sits in that one kind of area where kind of like with dragon ball for me where i prefer to dub over the sub but even though as much as sub as i watch nowadays because i grew up with that like i i do kind of sometimes tend to lean more towards the dub (laughs) stuff of things that i grew up with
1: right yeah no i i I totally get that
0: (laughs) yeah so not to get into the dub or sub argument because that's not something i want to get involved in
1: (laughs) Um, but anyways that's like hand-drawn versus cg animation kevin oh god don't do it (laughs) right exactly you and I just
0: sit on the path where we just want to enjoy our stuff. Oh. Amen, brother. <laughs> uh, all right, Rockwell. Thank you again for joining me on this episode. It was fun first time for me, first time reading Trigon, and then you as someone that's read it uh, to be along for the ride and kind of give me more info on your perspective as well on all that. So uh, again, thank you for coming on this episode for me. With me, and we'll catch each other next time.